We went. We, I went to Curry. Yep. Georgia said, "Nick, you look really good today." Out of the blue. No, I don't get compliments like that. Hey, and welcome to uh, Front Seat Gamer episode. What are we up to? Five, six, yep. six. Episode six of Front Seat Gamer. That's what this is. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm here with Severn. Hey, Nick. And Blake. Hi. How are you guys Hi, doing? Good. 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 Uh, how are you doing, Nick? I'm awesome. Yeah, you're always asking us how we're doing. How? how what? What's up with great. Nick? I'm always. Everything's great. Um, anything happening this week with you guys? Yes. Yeah. I um. Have you heard of this place in Western Springs called Motat? Oh yeah, yeah. The um, oh. me and my girlfriend went there. Oh nice. On, on Monday. Okay. Pretty cool. Have you been? It stands for Museum of Transport and Technology, and they just have all this old stuff, like early trains, steam engines, okay, that kind that. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have an aircraft hangar as well. Pretty cool. Oh. I really like looking at their uh old telephones and seeing how like <laughs> you know those rotary dials. Oh uh, nice. And seeing like all these um. Old machines sort of moving and oh, stuff. Oh man, that's cool. Very nice. My um, this is this is weird, but my mother, what her one of her first jobs was a um, uh, what do they call the telephone uh, switch operator? Board. Yeah, operator, yeah. and she mm-hmm. had to do for this building, and she had to like have these wires that she pulls out of sockets and then put into other things to transfer people. It's oh, like yeah. man, that is crazy. Holy. Yep. Yeah. And you'd have to know exactly who you're connected yeah, yeah. to as well. And she would say people would call up and say, oh, I want Mr. Such-and-Such. Oh, this is Mr. This is Mr. Such-and-Such. I want Mr. Whatever. And she'll uh-huh. be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know who that <laughs> which, is. Which, which little hole is that guy? <laughs> yeah. oh, I have no idea. That's crazy. Um, um, but yeah, man, Motown I hear is really cool. It is pretty yeah. cool. Um, little, Yeah, it's, it's good. Cool, cool. So when you're not flying planes, you're looking at plane hangers, yeah. huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much me. Your, cool. Your James Bond lifestyle. Uh, um, uh, so, so like? I did. Um, I, I didn't really do much this week. It's been um, hardcore Act Four business. Yeah, we've been working hard, real hard. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's a short week this week. Yeah, and it's a- not a short week for some people because yeah. <laughs> they're still probably at work today. Oh man. Um, but I got everything done, so that's cool. But um, cool. what uh, what happened to me like about an hour ago or two hours ago? Um, my um, niece and nephew came around, mm-hmm. um, and they remembered from last time they were here. I I got them to play um, uh, L.A. Noir and just drive around. <laughs> How old are they? They're they're two and three. <laughs> I got so. I, I mainly just got them to I I put the guy in a car yeah. and then had them just like drive around and stuff. Okay. But the weird thing is they remembered that and they were like, oh, we want to play a car game, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, that it's a hassle because. In that game, you crash a car, it blows up, and then you got to go and get a new car. And I was like, uh-huh. there needs to be a game um, that kids can just like uh, an easy car game that kids can just like play and not have uh-huh. to worry about crashing into anything, not have right. to worry about flipping the car. So I thought, shit, I've got I've got Unreal Editor over here. Uh-huh. So I made a uh, little playground for them where they had nice. a little car and they just drove around and they didn't crash into anything. I I I used the um. 
one of the car templates that were yep. already there and I just put a ground plane in and then sculpted some mountains and stuff and just let them ro- roll around that. That's and, awesome. Yeah, was, Holy. Yeah. How long did that take you? Uh, less than five minutes. Jeez, how did it look? It look it? I mean, it's super basic. Did they care about no, that? No, they don't care. They're two and three. Okay. When's it coming out? Uh, <laughs> you can download it on the App Store. For <laughs> it's four ninety nine. Yeah, the subscription model as well. It's also paid win, so that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. So and it kept them entertained for like a good hour. So awesome. Although even though like the ground plane went out for I don't know a long, long time, they still managed to get to the end of it and fall off the world <laughs> yes. like several times. My God, damn these. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. That's probably the best ever like entertainment to time invested. Yeah, yeah. On any game ever, because usually it's like you work for a year and it's a six hour experience. <laughs> this is yeah. five minutes, hour long. Yeah, Yay! and the and the thing is with those templates, like the hard work is already done. Like yeah. the car controls and all that were already set up, and all the physics. I just like put a ground plane and then sculpted some hills, and mm. that was that. Yeah. That's very cool. What about you, Nick? What have you been up to? Been playing Hearthstone and Path of Exile. Actually, we've got our one month race on at the moment. Mm-hmm. I finally have a computer chair. Oh, nice! Yeah, so <laughs> I got somewhere to sit. It means I can play games. Wow! So um, I've been playing the one month race that we've got going on. Pretty fun. What um what is it this month? It's uh the Bloodlines and the Torment oh. leagues combined. So it's all of the fun of ghosts. Yeah. And all of the difficulty of monsters shooting lasers at you nice. all the time. Um, so it's actually super good. It's interesting to see how those, like, we sort of knew when we were making those things how th- those would have some interesting interplay mm-hmm. because the ghosts possess rare monsters, but they can touch and, and imbue yep. other, other monsters with some of their power. And um, the interactions between, like, some of those magic monsters with the bloodline stuff going on and some of the ghost powers are very interesting. They'll suddenly surround you really fast because they're super fast. Oh, that's so cool. And shoot you with chaos beams. Is that just a one month race? Yep. Okay. It's about two weeks in. Maybe a, maybe like oh, two and a half weeks left or something like that. Cool. How, um, you know where you are? Like ranked? Uh, The bottom? <laughs> you the just assume. Yeah. Well, so because I only, only got to start playing today. Really. That's what I'm I playing with my girlfriend. That's so. what I assume when I do one of the races. I just assume I'm like somewhere way at the bottom. Yeah, I'm not playing to compete. Yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm taking my girlfriend to the game. She hasn't ever beaten it, so I'm forcing her now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I hear girls like that when you... she girls love when you force them to play a video game and they're like, "Stop it! Stop making me do this!" And you're like, "No, they love it." Um. So that's what I've been doing. Oh, but Hearthstone. Hearthstone yeah. new expansion, yeah, yeah, or new adventure mode just came out. I haven't, I haven't tried it yet. Is it good? Yeah, I like it. I, I, this is, I don't normally buy things in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've, I've noticed. Yeah. So you don't, you, you haven't bought. Have you bought many card packs in Hearthstone then? No, I hadn't bought any really? card packs. Oh man, the, the, this is the first time I put money into Hearthstone. Whoa. Was with this little and it was like five hundred bucks. You probably put in there. It was Thirty. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thirty-three, yeah. I think New Zealand. I was like that. I was putting in uh, ten bucks every two weeks for Hearthstone. Yeah, for Hearthstone for probably wow. like maybe two or three months. And yet you only play the Warlock deck. I just play the best. 
I mean, but but you only play the warlock deck. Yeah, the best. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> no, 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 the warlock one. Yeah, the best. That's what I hear. What you're saying. Yeah, I hear you <laughs> loud and clear. The warlock one is I I it's a weird deck. So the warlock deck for anybody listening, you got lots of demons. The sort of key features of the warlocks are they hurt themselves yeah. in various ways for power, and um, like you can sacrifice some life and get draw an extra card, mm. or you play a, an extra tough creature, but it hurts you on the first turn that it's played. Or well, they have um, one of my favorite creatures is uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you play it and it absorbs the two creatures next to it and yeah, yeah, takes yeah. its their power. Oh, exactly what you're talking about. I I don't remember the name either. That, it's that's like such a something fiend. Yeah, something, it's such a good it's such a good card fiend at the right time. Something. And then when you're playing against a mage, you do that and you're like, yeah, now I've got like a I don't know, fifteen, mm. nineteen or something like that, and then it's instantly polymorph. polymorph. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah, I like that card specifically for what it can do to trigger the death rattle cards. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah, so I like, actually you, never thought of that. <laughs> you get like the new ruby and eggs. So you play that turn yeah. two. And then turn three, oh. you can play that card, and you eat the Nerubian egg, yeah. and you get a little toughness on your on your three three, so three five or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you have a four four out. I need to do some rearranging my deck now. Yeah, yeah. Good I stuff. never thought. I usually like. I'm weird. I I tend to stay away from death rattle cards. Oh, death rattle cards are like the meta right now. Yeah. Like everything has death rattle. I don't know what the meta is anymore. Right. I just it's, like I said, I only play against one person, so my decks are like are designed to beat that one person. Right. Yep. Yep. We should play later. Yeah. We'll see how that we'll one play. person is you. Yes. <laughs> Not yet, but it will be. <laughs> it will be. It'll, I'll be the one person you're beating. Uh, yeah. Um. So, but yeah. So I've been playing that. Oh, so I do want to talk about that actually a little bit because uh, they've done some interesting things with. Uh, so it's right now they're, they're releasing a chunk every week five weeks okay yeah and the first chunks come out and uh i played through it like the first like the easy mode i guess the normal mode whatever it is in maybe 20 minutes um and it was it was easy it was fun uh and then they have like the heroic mode and they have the class challenges the class challenge the mage was super super fun um but they also have some interesting stuff that they've done for the sake of replayability normally you beat those normal challenges and you're you have no reason to play them again. And you still don't really necessarily have a reason to play them again. But I wanted to play them again because there's one of them is um, recreating the arena in uh, Blackrock Depths in World of Warcraft where uh, there's like an announcer and they say, the brawler from Gadgets and this guy, and then you fight him, whatever. Um, and it's the same deal except that it the whole deck is filled with legendary creatures. Oh my god! And so, each legendary creature that it has like a little voice recorded bit. The the guy you're fighting says before he plays it. Wow! And they're they're pretty entertaining. Yeah. And so, uh, I thought that was like oh. it's neat. There's like obviously thirty different things you can hear, and that's Man, cool. I want to hear them all. That's that thing, right? Blizzard just like put <laughs> effort into polish. everything. It's crazy. The effort and money. Effort, yeah. <laughs> money probably being. Yeah. So much yeah. money. Um. So that was cool. I really uh, how many that. um, because uh, what did what did their last expansion have? They so their their last expansion had was well. This is not really an expansion. It's an adventure. Their expansion was like goblins versus oh right gnomes, right. Um, it had like one hundred and thirty cards, something like yeah. that. Yeah, but their um, uh, what was the one before? Like 
next round. Yeah, next round. So it's it's yeah. very similar to that. Then you similar go structure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there's more card rewards you can get. This time. Oh, I think cool. Next round is head. It was like one for each class, and then like ten or something like that. So it was like nineteen. Okay. I think nineteen cards. Yeah. Um, this time it's thirty something. Hmm. Nice. Um, did you finish uh, Next Ramus on Heroic? No, I haven't even finished Next Ramus on Normal because I didn't pay for it. So I've got oh, I've been right. paying the the seven hundred gold or whatever it is yeah. to unlock the wing. Oh wow! And I didn't really save up the gold in advance, and I've only very rarely been slowly saving up oh, the gold because I, I love playing Arena, so it, it's hard to save up. The yeah, gold. see, I um <laughs> so so Arena uh you uh you draft at the beginning of arena That's right is yeah. that something that you really like doing the drafting because um, it's something that i'm like let me play my own cards i i do like the drafting because it it's sort of like there's two reasons i like that first of all it levels the playing field because you're not competing with people who own every card you're not competing with people who have like played every card into the ground in every com- possible combination necessarily like or or maybe but you're not like you're not you're not fighting as like level five hundred priests for yeah you know? yeah they, I get they, it they don't have all of their everything they can do mm. um and it's not going to be a perfectly polished deck that runs so smoothly and it's a turn five win every time um uh so there's that part of it and there's this also you can there's an extra layer of skill in choosing the cards yeah I think that's where I'm definitely lacking. There's a it's, there's a skill in drafting that I yep. that you need to either pay gold for to learn or money sure. and I'm kind of not willing to do that you know yeah yep I can see that yeah but, but I guess I, you being from a magic background you are very well familiar with drafting anyway eh, <laughs> not so much um, but I do like it I, I drafting in magic is way more intimidating because it's a different style and in Hearthstone, you're choosing one of three cards every time, mm-hmm. and it doesn't impact any other player what card you're choosing. In Magic, you're at literally physically passing a booster pack around a circle, mm-hmm. and um, you so you know the contents of, of the booster you've just seen. You don't necessarily know the contents of the other seven. They're getting slowly getting passed around, but you slowly learn the contents of the other seven minus whatever cards have already been taken, yeah. and you can... A really skilled magic drafter can figure out what other people are taking, and then start counter picking their cards. What? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And so, like, we we I mean, we work with some very skilled magic players, uh, Chris and and uh, Brian, who lives are like ex magic champions, um, and they know how to counter pick. Oh my god! And I've never played draft with them, but Carl has, and he said it's a whole. Wow, <laughs> that's but, that's too pro. That's way too pro. <laughs> How did they get to be so good and like run a studio at the same time? They're super super smart. That's the <laughs> yeah. main thing. They're super smart. Fun and fact: I'm, I um I beat Brian. <laughs> what? Whoa! Yep, when when I played him, he was really? teaching me how to play Magic. Yeah. When you wasted him. Did did it, was it <laughs> on the floor with oh, him? Oh man. <laughs> was it with his deck? <laughs> yeah, he, he had a he had a whole bunch of cards, and he was like, "Yeah, let's just, just let's just play. I'll, I'll teach you how to play magic." And apparently, a thing is, when Brian teaches you magic, uh-huh. you beat him like every time. Uh-huh. I think Harry's got a story about this too, where he actually loses against Brian when he's teaching. Oh, 
And yeah. he was like the first guy who lost. Uh-huh. Wait, did Harry do that on purpose though? Um, like being Harry, maybe he knew. Ooh. And um, he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, no, I was I was listening to the podcast, uh, the last podcast, and I realized that. Our podcast. Yeah. And I realized there was a point where we started just naming people from the office. Sure. Mm-hmm. Nobody listening knows those people. Okay. So <laughs> Harry is one Let's of our, is our user, user, user interface Yeah, Yeah. He, uh, he, he was actually uh, employee number one. He, He's the first employee. He was there when um, Father Vegasol was coming to you out of a garage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was literally Chris, Jonathan, and Eric, right? Yeah. And then, like, we need to hire someone and pay them to do a thing. Yeah, yeah. And Harry was the first person. Uh, and Brian is... I don't Co-co-founder? know. Co-founder? Yeah, he, mm. he was in some capacity also a founder. I don't really know. But uh, he... Yeah, he, he lives in America and drops in every once in a while, doesn't he? Yeah, he's coming in a couple weeks. So. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, uh, it's it's interesting that you say that you, you beat him because when I, when I try and teach people magic, mm-hmm. which isn't very often... It's you, usually, you just kick their asses? I'm like, sucker! Oh, you're one of those <laughs> You don't know guys. anything! Yeah, you just give them lands <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> Check me out. <laughs> hey, I'll pass around this booster pack of lands. It's just lands and auras and no creatures to put the auras on. <laughs> oh, so you'd be able to play that, but you don't have any creatures out right now. So oh. I guess the... Um, no, it. Uh, it's usually girlfriends I'm teaching. And I usually will give them a better deck than I have. Because it's usually, it's more fun. An important part of teaching someone is that they have fun. when they're Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's much more fun yeah. to win. I think it's funny when some people don't quite seem to get that you know like when yeah. you sit down and you're like hey play this cool game and then you just destroy them over and over and over <laughs> and you're like hey isn't this cool and then like, no not really <laughs> oh boy i remember i i got banned from playing games with my brother's friends yeah because they were like he, they would be not very good at it and i would be very good at it mm. and they would they would get so upset and they'd say i don't want to play anymore wow i don't ever want to play again wow and they would stand up and they would leave <laughs> what game what games we Gold Knight. Gold Knight, yeah. Gold yeah, Knight. Yeah, oh, man, I love that game so much. Uh, so we got... Uh, there's some news to talk about. A little bit. A little bit of news. Besides Hearthstone coming out, or Hearthstone's Also being out. Yeah. Yeah, the Black Rock Mountain adventure. Um, Sony bought on live, which is interesting, because they all, all, allegedly also basically closed it <laughs> yeah so is it um is it sad to say that that this is probably the best outcome on live could have <laughs> hoped for it's sad but it's also true yeah like that was like they weren't really going anywhere they weren't like they i think they'd gotten they had they had a service running mm. i don't know if it had really caught on and i don't think it did otherwise you'd be hearing about it all over yeah. the place so i mean i used to work in games journalism mm-hmm. i remember when it, they were talking about it coming out and then i just didn't know it came out yeah and I guess it's been out for years. Yeah. I just didn't know. Um, so, yeah, I think being bought out and given a whole bunch of money is probably the best thing yeah. for them. Yeah. I remember looking at the controller years ago and thinking, that looks uncomfortable. <laughs> so, what what it look like? I don't remember. It was like a weird PlayStation controller. Yeah. I thought it was wonky. Oh, man. There's been so many controllers lately. I can't really Steam remember. One. Yeah. Um, yep. Don't they all tend these days to just look like some version of Xbox controller? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's because the Xbox controller is good. Recognized that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so, online's be bought out. It's closed down. Um, and it's probably good for Sony because they have Gaikai, right? Well, that's so. Here's my question: 
why do they get online? They, they have Gaikai. It, sure, they, they buy out a competitor. Then they close down that competitor. Mm-hmm. But now that, so they've also, it sounded like, contracted out the service to some. Yeah, there was something weird I heard, I, I read I that um, I didn't get to read the whole thing. But um, it sounded like the service is actually still going to be running by another by company that's yeah. being made just for that. Right. So, yeah, it's weird. I don't know, really. Yep. There's a bunch of, bunch of different questions. Mm. But to me, it sounds like Sony's really taking the game streaming side of things yeah, quite seriously. Yeah. I mean, you could say that they saw um, OnLive as a as a competition. I mean, yeah, you smile when I say that. <laughs> I just don't believe it. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe maybe they were privy to something amazing that, I don't know, they were going to do on life had something amazing and they just didn't show it to their customers um it it, i i think there was some speculation that it was patents right possibly that yeah they they took everything that they could yeah and just had burn the rest yep and that sounds plausible yeah um but i i I mean we were talking about streaming a couple weeks ago oh yeah and you were getting pretty upset with me a little bit yeah that's fair enough but yeah i think um I think everyone's gonna move. Start moving that way. It's it, it certainly looks like that's the attempt being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't buy it. Yeah. Because bandwidth. It's and not there yet. Yeah, the infrastructure is not there yet. Yeah, there's just. <laughs> I can see right? you getting real bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I genuinely think there's just not enough bandwidth for okay. to support game streaming on a on a mass. I mean, especially level. especially not in New Zealand. Or not anywhere, like. The U.S. is the probably best internet infrastructure place in the world, right? And Netflix is struggling there. Oh, yeah, you guys had a conversation about that. We did have this yeah. conversation. I, I don't want to get into it. But it's a firm <laughs> belief that, that NVIDIA's got something pretty cool. NVIDIA's got their dream platform, and they've got some magical tech that's going to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that they don't. Okay. I, think I don't know. I also heard... Well, we were at um, NZGDC, and didn't Alex and John say he had some new magic tech as well? Yeah, man. Everyone's it's, got magic It's all tech. about that magic yeah, tech, I think, man. Um, I think on live might have had some magic tech that Sony <laughs> just be. wanted. Well, Sony's got yeah, it now. Sony's got yeah. it now, yeah. So, okay, question for you. Now that Sony's owns on live mm-hmm. and, and, their sweet and Gaikai, magic tech. and mm-hmm. they've got magic tech, yeah. maybe, yep. um, what does that mean for NVIDIA's shield? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I don't know, maybe they can do something better. Um, but it's everyone. Everyone's trying to do the whole Spotify, the Netflix type thing. Spotify game. for gaming would be horrible. You, you play you a th- game for five minute so? chunk and it goes to another game. <laughs> goes to or another ad. Put ad ads in, in the between. middle. Oh my god. Um. Well, I don't know. Is um Shield is not Shield available to buy? I don't think so. I don't think it is, right? Not yet. I don't. I don't believe. It so. might be just a case of waiting to see what it's like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's lame. It's lame to say, but I, I mean, really, it. just waiting to see. I guess. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's just they need so much infrastructure for it to work. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not holding my breath, but I think it could be cool, and I'm hoping that it will be. I am definitely 
not gonna buy it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Good call. Uh, well, you're not gonna be a um, early adopter then. No. But if their magic tech works out, then I'll use my computer <laughs> and use the magic tech that way. Yeah. I'm all for um. I'm I, I'm really kind of more interested in just home streaming stuff across your own network. Yeah. Yeah. Steam's got that. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I tried it. Oh yeah, you did. It didn't work and for me. You had problems with it. Yeah, my yeah. Router. Like my um, I guess my apartment here is probably, it's um, kind of too small to really justify streaming stuff. I think. <laughs> but what if you want to play from your bed, which is ten feet away from your computer? You don't want to walk those ten feet. It could be cold. Not us. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't risk being cold. <laughs> But then you also have to have the computer on and streaming. Yeah, it does um. It so work. so the Steam streaming stuff it doesn't stream to a tablet yet, right? Yes, it well it does. It, it can, uh, I know it can stream to other PCs because I've I, yeah I've tried it a little bit with my laptop. Uh, good question. If you, I mean, if well, it streams I, to P, uh, if it streams to tablets, then that's pretty damn amazing. But it also means you have to mess around with maybe peripheral controls as well. Yeah, I I was using my Surface, mm-hmm. and that, I think of that as a tablet. Because oh, I don't, yeah, no, that is a tablet. But it's also a laptop. It uses Windows 8 and I've got Steam. It's 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 a tablet, man. Okay. Don't, well, you don't have a computer. I would assume if you can get Steam on a device, yeah. you could probably stream. Okay. Device. That would be my guess. I actually might try that later on. I'll go do some homework and come back. There is a Steam Android app. Yeah. I know the chat works. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it streams. I know. Worth trying. If you know and you're listening, why don't you tweet Tell us? Tell us how wrong or right we are. Tell us. <laughs> You can tweet at our, your answer at FrontSeatCast or email your answer at FrontSeatQuestions. Ignore that it says questions in the email address because uh, this is an answer front seat giving answers. us. Yeah. It's, this is our question for you. Front seat problems. This is our front seat question. Yeah. Does it work? <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we get on to questions? Do it. Uh, we've got a question from Twitter. That's right. Our first ever question from Twitter. Cool. It was asked, it was asked like... Um, Four weeks ago? No, it was us like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from Jez uh, Sinatral. Jez Sinatral is what I've got here. Um, we didn't answer this because we wanted to actually research it because none of us had actually played the game in question. The question is, Hitman Blood Money is the greatest example of increasing difficulty through level design. Discuss. And I'd be interested to hear which games you think do this well instead of making NPCs bullet sponges. So before we get into the question, uh, it's basically, what do you think of Hitman Blood Money's level design? And which games don't just make tougher enemies to increase difficulty? Okay, so I I played a little bit of Hitman Blood Money. Yep. Not that much, okay. unfortunately. Um, I played the first level, which is basically the intro. Um... But it, I, I get the feeling that um, if the levels are building on what I played in the intro, there should be um, multiple like uh, ways of navigating the the um, the level and uh, taking out your targets and that sort of thing. So sure. you can you know go up a drain pipe or go through a window or right. or whatever you know, um, and that. That definitely adds a lot, I think, to you know the difficulty of of the game. Um, 
Because, I mean, you can just run in there guns blazing. Um, right. But you're probably not going to succeed. Yeah, but you're not going to you're not going to succeed because the enemies are not, I mean, the enemies are not bullet sponges in that game from what I've right. played, which is still just that one level. <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of a little re- more realistic in that way because two shots and they're down or one shot and they're hit and they're down. Sure. Um, but if there are a lot of enemies, you're definitely going to, but the same kind of goes for you as well. So you're going to, want to use the environment to your advantage and sure. um if they do build on what i've seen um they uh the environment will sort of help you um achieve that you know right it, 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 you there's multiple avenues yeah yeah game, yeah and in you're you're guessing in later difficulties. yeah and it um avenues become tighter it kind of reminded me a little bit of um the deus ex that i played because in that it's, it's all about so human revolution yeah i played the human yeah. revolution one. i didn't i never played the original and i heard that is even better than um yeah for, I've, I've got a copy of it somewhere i used to i played like the first hour and a half of my dad's house oh yeah years that um that first level with the um statue of liberty apparently is like uh people call it a masterpiece of level um, design. Yeah, I remember it being mm. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I was twelve or something. Yeah. <laughs> but um anyway, in the in the, the latest one, um there was definitely the options that you could get through the environment right. to get to your to get to your target. Mm-hmm. Um although they did tend to break down to do you want to be sneaky, find a vent. <laughs> yep. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I, I don't know if that's a great uh, as as good a comparison. No. Uh, but what I do think of uh, that seems kind of reminiscent of the Hitman technique is Metal Gear Solid. Okay. In which case, like, ultimately, the soldiers don't really get that much harder over the course of a game. Um, but they they get more numerous, and the avenues, like the the area you have to navigate, becomes more difficult, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out their movement patterns, and you have to find like clever ways to hide yourself or you have to use your devices to distract them or whatever and so it becomes more a matter of um, planning ahead and and quickly responding to situations as they arise as opposed to just killing and killing and killing I like the um, those kind of games where they sort of present you with those kind of environments almost like a puzzle Yep. like you see that enemies are taking certain patrol routes and you have to figure out how am I going to get through these, you know, get through it without alerting anyone. Yeah. yeah. So so we talked a little about this um, yesterday, uh, Thursday, um, and I brought up the example of, um, because I, I don't play games like this nowadays. For, for some reason, it just doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me of um, Commandos back in the day. Did you guys ever play this game? I, like, re- I remember it was a, a top-down tactical uh, it was more like a close up kind of strategy game where you'd pick a team and then you'd go in and, and complete these missions I've played it was like a World War 2 setting okay PC game anyway um, the the reason I didn't wasn't a big fan of it was because you you almost had to do things their way they, they'd put these right. restrictions onto you and say you have a rock mm-hmm. but the rock you could only throw it at people like you couldn't shatter gl- like you you know the way is that you would think of using this rock in the real world don't actually apply to the game. Like they right. have their stupid rules on top of it. So they like present. It, they present. 
they present the, the level as if you can yeah. have all these options, but really yep. they probably only have one way. Yeah, of getting and through it. that's always bothered me about these kind of games. Mm. Um, like when I an illusion of of multiple options and it's just sure. linear in the end. Yeah, yeah. But um, looking back, I think The Last of Us did a really good um, way of um, sort of increasing difficulty as it, as it went up, and, and they gave you all sorts of scenarios too. The way you'd craft weapons and how it wouldn't actually pause, you'd have to actually craft while, you know, enemies were storming the fronts and you could, you know, there were these um, times during the game where, you know, you'd see all these um, infected guys run at you and you only had a limited amount of time to then fortify your area until someone, like, opened up a window or something for you to escape out of. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was really cool to see that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't actually play Hitman Blood Money. To download it, and I, <laughs> I hear it's good, but I, I, yeah, nothing. So is it, really it was kind of a bummer because I, I wanted to play through more of it, but being so busy with Act Four stuff in the last like two weeks, it's kind of haven't played anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, it, for me, I, I think I'm, I'm more interested in checking out the later ones. Yeah. I, uh, I hear the the new engines that that they have and like the um. They have crazy crowd simulation going on. Like, I think I want to check it out for those reasons. And sure, I'd, you know, just to see how they put you, what situations they put you in, that kind of thing. Another game I thought uh, used level design interestingly for difficulty was Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a little bit of, like, bigger, beefier enemies and Mm. more enemies and whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, they also do some interesting stuff. Like, there's a part where you're in an area where there's all these rails and you can, it, it's like a very, very long fight. Um, Another one you're talking about. Yeah, it's it, and there's rails all over the place and there's like two or three different courses of rails that you can fly around on mm-hmm. and there's uh, sparse cover um, and you can get into the cover but you're always going to be visible from some angle mm-hmm. um, and that's a, that's kind of an important part of the shooter. Game. Yeah. But um, uh, I that's quite late in the game, but quite early on in the game, things are much more linear, and, and like mm. there's a, there's like one place that the guys come from, and maybe there's two, um, but um, like it, it becomes more and more. You you uh, you say that though, but I do remember because um, I played it not that long ago, mm. and I still haven't gotten that far into it. Sure. So I'm still at the early stage, but there definitely yep. was parts where you are um, on the the skylines quite a lot, and enemies are coming in from there, there's like uh, uh, airship with some dudes sure, coming yes. in and there's some dudes on the ground uh-huh. and I mean it's pretty simple because it was just like the, the the skyline in that section was basically a loop so I just I just, uh, just fly, around. fly around at shooting yep. everyone mm-hmm. um, so I guess the game like does build on that it does yeah, yeah. it gets more and more complex through that and and I, I think that was more and more entrances for them um, I, th- yeah. I think that was like one of the first times I'd actually used the skyline in that way before it was just like straight up navigation. Yeah. 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 It it, it does slowly build up on that, and I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Uh, and I thought that was a good example mm-hmm. of of level design mm. adding to complexity, even even though ultimately it is just like uh, more places for enemies to come from and yeah. less places for you to hide. But they're still like, I mean, I guess I guess they do get uh, kind of bigger and beefier and and that, but um. They, they do, ha- you know, they they have a good way of showing you that this person 
is big and beefy, you know, yeah. so you don't just start shooting so someone and saying, the, you should be you should be dead, why are you yeah. not dying? This is the big beefy yeah. guy with the glowing weak point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they let you know. Yes. Visually, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, is, it is pretty well signposted. Uh-uh. So, um... I'm play- I was playing Dark Souls. <laughs> um, so I, I was thinking of, of this question, and I was trying to think of uh, games I played recently that yep. that do uh, level design um, to increase difficulty. And there's a section in Dark Souls um, that does this really well. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about this as the part. We're talking about Dark Souls. the part with the like with the thin uh, the thin bridges and swinging blades and okay. rolling giant the balls. Classic trope. Yeah. yeah cla- I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it it it's cool because up until that point, uh, you haven't really had to worry too much about um, uh, the 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 level sort of being your enemy. Right. You know, like uh-huh. up until then, it's just been bigger enemies, harder to beat. And by the time you get to that point, you're midwayish through the game, and you've had a bunch of upgrades, and you're like, sweet, I can kind of take on anything. I've I I know what I'm sure. doing. You yep. roll in there. And you're presented with this like gauntlet that you have to get through, mm-hmm. and it's it's a whole it's it's another sort of another set of skills. It's sort of like you have to level up your own gameplay style to get through there. Right. Yeah. You have to know how to move your character. Yeah. Yeah. It it, mm-hmm. it requires you to um, be more much much more aware of your surroundings than you've probably than you've really ever had to be previously, mm-hmm. um, and even the boss at the top. Um, I found him really, really tough because I was constantly rolling off the edge, <laughs> and it's it's just like straight up um, spatial awareness, you know. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Still don't like that. Game. I know you don't like that game. <laughs> <laughs> you like baby games? That's the problem. I do. Love them. Yeah, love baby games. Give me a baby game any day. Yeah, and um, I mean, skills I guess you learn during that are then uh, used in other sections of of sure. Dark Souls. I mean, not to that extent. You get through and being like, I've I've been through that section. I can mm-hmm. easily you know get through here. Right. How early on is that in the game? It's um. I think it's I I think it's uh maybe a third of the way through. Okay. It's um it's a place called Sen's Fortress. Okay. Yeah. That's still pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we have another question. Unless we have more to say. Do we have anything else to say on that? I don't. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have anything else. Uh, no. Um, okay. I think I'm good. Yeah. Cool. I'm good, man. Uh, we have a question from our forums from Payon or Ion or some other. If I'm if I'm mispronouncing your name, I'm very sorry. Um, which book or film or game had the strongest impact on you in terms of inspiration, and is a big part of who you are today? This is a this is a very tough. Yeah, this is a this is a open, tough one. broad, difficult question. Yeah, I can't pinpoint it, but um, what changed your life? S- Super Super <laughs> Mario Brothers three. Yeah. On okay, the dope. NES, that was that was massive for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I can I can still remember like the three whistles at the start, like and how to get them. The uh, hidden mm-hmm. one up mushroom, like at the end of the first level, or towards the end of the mm-hmm. first. Yeah, man, that's that that game was huge. For me. I I love that game, but thinking back on it, I'm like, the the warp whistles mm-hmm. were if if they were ever meant to be like widely known, then that is such a stupid <laughs> way to do it. Like the the only way you you're ever meant to learn it is through the I, as far as I know, 
either like a guidebook or the movie The Wizard. What? Starring, what? starring Fred Savage, where he's a video gaming master and he has the power glove. <laughs> Have you not heard of The Wizard? No. Oh my gosh. I've heard of all these things, but I've never... <laughs> you should look up The Wizard. That sounds amazing. Fred Savage. Yeah, it's about... It, it's like he's invited to play the new Mario. He's like the world's best video gamer and he's <laughs> using a power glove and he's playing Super Mario Bros. 3 before it even came out Ooh. and he knew he knew how to get the warp whistle Wow! before anyone He just knew because he he's that good. Because he's the best. Yeah. yeah. But when you look back on that game, there is no indication except Oh, the of how to get the warp whistle? Yeah. yeah. It's just there's a white block and white blocks are special. That's the only, the only thing you're but if, that's what this, that's what games were kind of like back then. Like yeah. you find a hidden area and you're like, "What the hell? I don't even actually really know how I got here." Right. You had to crouch on a white block for seven seconds or whatever it is. That's yep. that's insane. That's a crazy speaking, person behavior. Speaking of uh, crouching, yeah, there's a section in Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here, okay. okay, this is a completely random side topic. Okay, but talking about Dark Souls. Yeah, uh, there's a section there, and this might be a little bit spoilery, but it's. So skip ahead if you want. But there's a <laughs> section there where there is a bird's nest. Uh-huh. And it's way, way at the top of this tower. Sure. You, I didn't even know it was there. A mate of mine told me about it because he found about it, out about it from the internet. Huh. But you traverse your way up this like difficult tower that is like uh, you know, one, one false step and you fall to your death. Yep. You get, to the, you get to this bird's nest. There's no button prompt or anything. You just sit there and then you... Um, you have to crouch, uh-huh. and you crouch for like thirty seconds, like a long ass time, uh-huh. and then eventually a bird comes and oh and grabs you. What? Actually, no. Sorry, I was wrong. There is a button prompt that says crouch, okay. but the length that you have to wait, any normal sane person would be like, nothing's happening. And, and then and then a bird comes and gets you and takes you to um another area, where you fight it, a new boss. Is this like? Mandatory for progression? Some say it is. <laughs> there's um there's a section you can't there's a whole uh there's a whole like uh area that uh-huh. you can't get to unless you do that. And I'm not talking about the area it takes you to. I'm talking about you get something from that area that then allows you to unlock another area. <laughs> and the the thing that you get oh is completely com- like you would have no clue. That you're supposed to use this thing to unlock the uh, the area you go to. I was I only so knew about that because a friend told me. You have no me. clue you're meant to climb a tower. You have yep. no clue you're meant to crouch for that long. Nope. It takes you to a new area. There, there is a button prompt that says crouch. That's okay. all. That's all it is. Sure. But you, you have to pretend you're an egg. Yeah. For thirty seconds. Maybe longer. Maybe longer. Yeah. Then you're taken to a new area. You're taken. You're taken to. Um. Actually, you're taken to the beginning area that undead uh, asylum that I was telling okay. you about. Yeah. But then. In there, you fight a new boss. Okay. Um, which is like that first boss. Except so it he's takes bigger. you. So a bird takes you to the place you start, yep. and you're meant to go. Oh, perfect! Yep. This is exactly where I want to yep. be. Yep. Where I started. And then you. And then. <laughs> and then the thing is. And then you fight a new boss. You get something. Or, and you or, don't also, know also, hold, hold on. You fight the new boss. You yep. don't get the thing you need. Okay. You have to then. Um, you then have to go all the way back. This is a total total spoiler. You have to go all the way back to the room you started the game in, and there's something new in there what? that you need to get. Why? I don't know. 
Dark Souls, man. This game's dumb. <laughs> Dark Souls, man. I'm sorry, but that game's dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> You're dumb, and that game's dumb. That game is great. It's a well, fantastic how? game. What, what is great about that? <laughs> what part of that The goes, obscurity. It's well, like, yeah. but the thing See, is, you don't, I mean, <laughs> that side area that you will unlock, is not integral to the game. At least I don't think it is, um, because that's where I'm at now in the game. It just makes me so angry for some reason. It's 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 ridiculous. It's it's a total like. It's, there's no way you would know. Right. Like I don't know how anyone figured that out. It's the perfect game, right? Yes. Oh my god. So much. You can only go down. <laughs> you can only go down from there. Gaming has reached its pinnacle. Oh, just so what, what, what were we yeah, talking what, about? After? What film, <laughs> book, game had the strongest impact on you? Dark Souls. Dark Souls. <laughs> made me the angry man I am today. <laughs> um, I don't know. For me, okay. Well, why don't we go? Why don't we each name a book, film, or game? And game. And and game. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. My my game. Um. Is uh. Do you remember the game Mist? Yes. So that game. Another game with arbitrary puzzles. Yeah, there seems to be a <laughs> there seems to be a pattern here. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that that game, like, up until then, games for me, like, we didn't have growing up, we didn't have consoles or, um, computer. So all my gaming experience was at friends' place, and it was things like, um, Mortal Kombat or Doom or whatever. Sure. Um. And Mist was like, the first game I'd ever played that I thought like, wow, games are more than just shooting people with guns or fighting them. Yeah. And I don't know. Something about that just sort of got me. It was like it created this whole world that was like really weird. Yeah. Um. To to explore, you know. And it was basically. I mean, it was first person. It was almost. I don't know. It was um. It was almost a kind of thing you could go anywhere except you. You sort of couldn't, but it it made you feel like you kind of could. You were exploring it, not. You know, you're exploring where you wanted to go, not being told to go down certain paths. Right. Yeah. Even though the restrictions of the technology of the time required you to required them to make specific paths that you could only go down. Yeah. Um but yeah, that that game cool. Changed my life. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what about you got a book? Um, film? Uh yeah, actually. Um, yeah? um so uh my grandmother had uh, this random book called The Forest of Doom. Okay. And I always I always liked looking at it because it had this cool-looking monster on the front. Um, and I started reading it, and it turns out it was one of those fighting fantasy games, game books. Have you ever heard okay, of those? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, it's basically a single-player Dungeons Dragons. Sure. And um, being a kid with no computer or video games at all, it's just the power of my imagination. Uh-huh. I mean, that was like a big deal for me and it led me to um you know seek out other books like that and i found out there was a whole series of them and yeah dude we had the we had the same kind of book at our place and yeah crazy fantasy book um full of monsters and everything i think i tried going through it properly but then i'd just skip through and look at the images because like the the illustrations were in, oh, like, incredible that's awesome um but i guess like that maybe i mean you could say that that was a game and not a book yeah but, um, true. <laughs> I, I guess i'd say the hobbit is probably the main sort of actual storybook for me yeah i don't actually have a book um nothing that's 
It was, uh, yeah, I know what it was. It was uh, Atlas Shrugged. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Which? Yeah, that was pretty good. Atlas Shrugged. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nick? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, if we're talking books. Um, I, I would be torn. So, teenager me, but older teenager me, loved... Um, Young adult, <laughs> young, young adult Nick. <laughs> yeah, young adult Nick. <laughs> but um, I would probably would have been like nineteen. <laughs> yes. so, technically adult. Young adult. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, uh, you'd be. Sure. That would be that twilight range these days. Um. Uh. One hundred years of solitude. Have you heard of one hundred no. years of solitude? It's um, written by a Colombian author Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It's about this like little village founded by the a family called the Buendias and like their family over a few generations and it's really trippy and crazy and weird stuff happens and it's all symbol it's all symbolic of something oh. and I found out later it's like an interesting retelling of the history of Colombia oh, um, through this family and um, but it's it's very it's a fascinating read and, and gripping in a weird way like it's there's not a huge amount of dialogue from memory. It's mostly like um, internal. Well, no, it's it's just like a description of what's happening. Oh. Um. But it's and it's not even. It's just it's really well written, um, and uh, weirdly emotional, um, but also totally trippy. What um? Who was the author? Gabriel Garcia Marquez. <sighs> What? He's dead now, actually. Okay. What else? What else? <laughs> what else did he write? Do you know? Uh, Love in the Time of Cholera was his other. Okay. I swear I've heard that name one. before, but you know. mm, probably heard the names individually. Maybe. Maybe that's yeah. it. <laughs> um, young, very young me. Um, there was a book called In a Dark Dark Forest, I think. Okay. Where it's like each page was like a a step forward towards a thing. And you don't know what the thing is. Wow. It's, it was it's a children's book, but it was really atmospheric, and like really kind of spooky illustrations. Okay. And it's like in a dark, dark forest, there's a dark, dark hat mansion, and a dark, dark mansion, there's a dark, dark doorway. Okay, that seriously does sound familiar <laughs> to me. In a dark, dark doorway, there's a dark, dark hallway. Uh, yeah. At the I, end I, of the dark, dark hallway, there's some dark, dark stairs, and and each page is like an image of, of yeah. the thing, and. It, you, it's like building suspense. What was it? What was at the end? Can you remember? There's a box that you open up, and I don't remember what's in the box, but it, there's something in the box. Uh. Um, maybe like a toy, or maybe it's your own mind. I don't know. Um, the dark forest was in, in, <laughs> in you all along. You are the dark forest. <laughs> um, uh, what about uh, movies? Oh, movies strongest impact on me in terms of ooh it's a tough one you're not allowed to talk about porno well then I don't know I don't have an answer (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what my favorite movie is Uh, it came out in 2007 it's called um, uh, Synecdoche New York holy crap what (laughs) it's you know um, being John Malkovich yep yes the guy who wrote that Wrote and directed Connecticut, New York. He oh, by the way, he also wrote um, uh, 
Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, cool. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Really trippy, right? Mm. And yeah. It got scary towards the end. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, Adaptation. Have you heard of Adaptation? Yes. Yeah, I've heard of yes. it. Yeah. Adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all of his movies are kind of strange and mm. bend reality in interesting ways. Um, and this is no exception, but it's also like super, super heavy and thick and full of symbolism. Okay, where that's um, apparently what I'm into. Okay, it was 2007. 2007. Okay. Uh, maybe John Malkovich was like early 2000s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, wasn't it? Maybe it was later than that. Maybe it was 2009. Okay. Eight. Are you sure? <laughs> Being John Malkovich? No, 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 no. I'm talking about oh, okay. connecting it. No, Being John Malkovich was. Uh, it might have been. Yeah, two thousand or ninety nine, mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Did you hear? Um, uh, did you hear about uh, how John Malkovich got involved with that? Uh, yeah, he, he the uh, Charlie Kaufman, who was the writer, because wrote him into it and said, "I think you'd be perfect for this." Yeah, because he was like, "I don't want to be in it. I don't think I'd be good for this. I like the script, but don't put me in I it." Heard, okay, I heard. Okay, I heard. I heard. <laughs> he a, was insistent. I heard a totally different story. Oh, okay. I heard that. Um, that that it was apparently going to be a different actor like maybe i'm wrong but this is what i've heard that okay apparently the script was being somebody else and Uh john malkovich somehow got hold of the script and read it and said i want to be in in this and they just wrote him in that's the opposite of yeah that's the exact opposite opposite. (laughs) oh man we're gonna have to do some fact checking after this yeah um so that that movie's weirdly inspirational because of how thick it is and full of okay Nothing I do is even remotely related or on that mm. level. <laughs> it's crazy. I could never put my finger on one type of media or book or anything like that. Mm. I, I, just thinking back, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Right. Like Lord of the Rings is massive for me. Like I can quote the crap out of that movie. Um, but you know, biggest strongest impact, probably not. Mm. But I do. Uh, what about something like Heat? I mean, you you really like Grand Theft Auto, dude. I haven't even seen that movie. Okay. What about? Um, uh, no, I'm just gonna name movies at you. Gone in sixty <laughs> seconds. No, no. The Godfather. No, I, I tried watching that movie. the The pacing is off. I can't oh, watch man. that movie. I haven't watched that in a long time. I watched like the trilogy in one go, and it but, all just blends together to me. Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. What got me most in Jurassic Park was the making of it. You know, the the extras on the DVD. <laughs> just like... Uh-huh. And it was just the guys talking about how they're all into claymation. Yeah. And making rigs. Mm. And I loved how it was just this whole thing like, yeah, man, we're going to make these clay dinosaurs and animate them. And then computer graphics just come in and these people were like shattered. Oh. They just, you know, <laughs> they saw this whole thing taken off and they're like... Oh man, I am oh, out of a no. job. Yeah, man. that that was the most striking. My about did um because I I'd, I'd seen that too. But uh, did you those those uh, claymation guys? They they still worked on movie. Uh, yeah. Did you see what they they did though? Yeah, man. They had the rigs, right? Yeah, yeah. And they would they would keyframe animate. Yeah, they um yep. they did um claymation storyboards basically. That's cool. Huh, yeah, okay. like they had they they filmed like key scenes like i remember seeing the raptors in the kitchen and it was done mm-hmm. like at scale model with uh claymation and stuff mm-hmm. with the camera angles and all that wow um which i guess is sort of similar to how peter jackson 
makes a lot of models and then flies around a mini camera to get an idea of how things are going to look. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I I remember here's a weird story. I remember Steven Spielberg uh, got real annoyed at them because they'd uh, animated the raptors in that kitchen scene with their tongues flicking in and out. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, that yeah, like snakes. And he was like, "They're not. Then we're trying to we're trying to enforce that they're not like lizards. They're not like cold blooded and stuff." <laughs> yeah, but it didn't matter because it's like an animatic. <laughs> it's never seen by the public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't covered the most important one. Oh no! We, you, we talked about Miss for you. We haven't covered oh. games for. Well, you said you said Mario. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Mario yeah what, what's your? So we just skip me. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Your, oh, I'm sorry, what's Nick. Your thing, what then, Nick? What you so that's a good question. <laughs> um, what are you into? I'm right. Pat the Big Show again. Oh man! <laughs> you guys heard of Pat the Big That's pretty cool. <laughs> Change, um, changed my life. Uh, Day of the Tentacle is like one of my most memorable games. Um, but either. So either that or Wario, th- Wario Land on Game Boy, oh. which was Super Mario Land Three, yep. or um, maybe Morrowind. Yeah, Morrowind actually, was, was very impactful. I I, well. I agree. Morrowind was a big deal for me too. It it did for me a similar thing that Mist did. Was like I didn't know games could be like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm trying to remember that came out before World of Warcraft, and it came. Sure. Yeah, it was like 2002. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I played it several years after. I had never even heard of it before. Mm-hmm. I was at a, I was at this like th- doing this early as 3D course, and mm-hmm. one of my mates handed me a disc, a burnt disc with like Morrowind written yeah. on it. And he's like, "Here, man, I think you might like this." Dodgiest <laughs> so yeah, thing on the planet. <laughs> I, I explored almost every inch of that game. Oh yeah. Like the same way that people obsess over Skyrim now. Yep. I was very obsessive over Morrowind, oh. and wasn't the map like ridiculously large? It was, yeah, the map was, it was gigantic. I, I think it. I I don't think um, Oblivion was bigger, and I don't think Skyrim was bigger. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like what it was, people used to complain, especially uh, that Morrowind's map felt empty. But I also think that was one of the most like rich worlds. Like uh, compared to, I mean, Skyrim is very beautiful, but it feels kind of tight. Mm-hmm. Like it feels yeah. like a world that's been shrunk down. It, um, I mean, it is a huge world in in Skyrim. It might just be that around every corner there's something to do, in a way. Yeah. Like you, you know, you you, if, you see a, a a tomb somewhere off off on the road. You go there. Sure. Oh, there's a dude standing out there that has a quest for you. You know, yeah. like. Also, it it feels often feels like I'm being funneled towards content. Which is okay. you know not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. It always means I'm I'm you know I'm headed towards something okay. interesting, which is cool. But it also just doesn't feel like a like a real world. I don't I that way. Yeah, there. I mean, there's still a lot of uh, you know ruins and all that sort of stuff out there in um in Skyrim that don't seem to have any any quests yeah. related to them. Like you just go in them. I mean, you'll find. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you'll yeah. find stuff along the way once you're in there. Yeah. Um. Each. Yeah. But I, I like there's that no every specific has its own little story. Yeah, thing. yeah. But there's no specific thing saying. Go in right. here and and do this. Yep. You know, you just yeah. go in there and you find something like, oh, here's a dead adventurer with a note or something sure. like that. You know, it, every dungeon does have a story here, yeah, like mm-hmm. you said. Yeah, Morrowind, <laughs> I loved specifically because it let you levitate as well. <laughs> but like, that's but that makes such a huge difference. Yeah? Like when in in Skyrim and Oblivion, um, the worlds are beautiful and there's tons of content and everything's got it. You know, its own thing, whatever. But it, 
you you are you are restricted to the ground, and that feels fine. Yep. But when you're in Morrowind and you can float anywhere and you can go anywhere and you can do anything, I never, I, crazy. I never got to that. I didn't know you could just you can, basically you, fly. Yeah, yeah. There are levitation potions and and scrolls and stats. I've heard of um people beating the game real fast because of oh, yeah. those levitation potions or jump potions. Yeah, or whatever. The, the super long jumping mm. uh, or boots of blinding speed and all this other stuff. Um, but the fact that you could levitate change like it, as, it also meant like as a game designer. You could hide stuff in crazy places, and players would still find hmm. it. Like, there was a dungeon I used to always, always like my very first thing when I made a new game in Morrowind. The very first place I went after I got like some very, very basic gear. Yep. Was this place um, in the like northeast corner of the map? Little dungeon on an island, and had like a couple of Atronachs, which these giant demon things, like elemental demons, and then. Um, it, it was quite a long dungeon, and then you'd get to the very end of it, and there was this very tall forge room, and in the center, there's, like, an anvil with a mace called Skull Crusher on it. It was, like, a very, very... It was, like, probably the strongest weapon in the game. Wow. Except for the, like, quest weapons that you need for to beat the game. Mm. Um, so, and, and you had to levitate to get to Skull Crusher, and... It was like maybe you know a couple of meters off the ground, and then you look up and the, there's like a big tower and there's some like vague looking ledges along the side of the tower. And if you've got the ability to levitate, you can go all the way up the tower. And each ledge has something interesting. On wow! It. Like there was a corpse that had like whole set of glass armor, and then you find some like demonic weapons further up, and you found like boots, uh, books, and scrolls, mm. and that sort of explain what this place is. It's fascinating and and there was no guarantee that a player would yeah get there because those are like a, a, sort of a gear check that you have to have some way of getting up mm. there but I, as a player finding those things um felt even more rewarding for that reason yeah because it felt like i truly stumbled on something yeah like ancient and secret that's my morning story yeah no, that's <laughs> amazing Pretty cool. um unless we've got anything else to talk about I think we might be out of time. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we are out of time no matter what, even if we have something to talk about. But, um, so we've got uh, we're we're basically out of questions as far as I know, or maybe we've got some more sitting on the forums. But if you've got a question to ask us, please ask us on Twitter. We can be reached at frontseatcast, or you can email us frontseatquestions at gmail Oh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you've got feedback, let us know. And we've we're not out of questions. We still got. Oh, we've got tons. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Ignore everything I said. We got, we got quite a few. Yeah. I'm a big idiot. I mean, um, but, like, but you should still send in your oh, questions. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Ask us questions. For sure. Do it. Um, we like, hear from like you. I said before, though, it's like some of them are questions that we'd need Jonathan or somebody to answer. And by the way, we will be getting guests. Yeah. Eventually, it's we want to just make sure that our audio quality is good mm. <laughs> for them. Um. So. Hang out for that. Uh, so please email us at frenzyquestions at gmail.com. Tweet us at frenzycast. Uh, this has been Frenzy Gamer. Thank you for listening. Six. See you later. See you. Yeah. yeah, but then the next day you smell your clothes from the night before and go, oh, man. Korean barbecue.